Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Monday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlick and McLean podcast presented by Ingalls, the official supermarket of Gramlick and McLean. And Mac, we have to talk about what happened this weekend, not just the game. We'll get to the game. Florida State beats Louisville 16 to 6 to win the ACC title. And of course, you know, a game was played and we'll talk about it, Mac. But Florida State as an undefeated Power 5 champion, 13-0 is left out of the college football playoff. That's what we have to talk about. And first and foremost, Mac is in Bristol. He just did the ACC Network Selection Sunday show. He obviously is, you know, tie loose because it's just been a day. It's so been a day. just tell me about your last 24 hours, Mac. Yeah, it, it's been crazy, um, KG, because obviously you start uh, Saturday very excited uh, and really Friday, you know, when we got to Charlotte, we had a couple, had a couple of shows this weekend. Um, Super jazzed up for for the matchup and and you know just excited to get to this moment because it's it's such a pivotal thing um, you know kind of an exclamation point on the entire season for the ACC and excited to put a bow on it and for for one team you know fighting for a berth in the Orange Bowl and the other team fighting for what we thought would have been a college football playoff uh, and that team in Florida State and they won um, and it was a crazy game and we'll break Wait, all that won? down here in a second. Yeah, right. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know that, right? Uh, you wouldn't know they played a season at all, actually. Um, but uh, and then we're we're on a plane, literally me, EJ, Kelsey, Eddie, within a, a five foot radius of each other on this plane, watching Selection Sunday. Oh, wow! And they announced Georgia at six, uh, and they had already announced Texas at three. And when I saw that, I was already mentally preparing myself that okay, th- this is happening. Um, and then they announced Georgia six, obviously. Uh, and announced Alabama four, and we all just—I mean—they're like looking at each other, and it was—it was interesting to me too, KG, because it, it took like a couple of minutes for it to really mm-hmm. set in, um, because you know things just happen so fast. It was a lot like Jordan Travis getting hurt. You know, you just see it, and you're just like, "What?" You know, it's hard to register, and you know, I have a lot of different thoughts on this, and, and I know you do too. Um, but when I look at this. And I, I see a team that is 13-0, that won their conference championship, that has been ranked in the top four, I believe, the entire college football playoff uh, rankings mm-hmm. this entire year. This team did not come out of nowhere. This isn't a Cinderella story that came up short. This is a brand. This is one of the best brands in all of college football. Uh, this isn't a G5 team. This isn't a Cincinnati. This isn't some magical run. Oh, my gosh, can they do it? This is Florida State, the Florida State Seminoles. And the blatant disrespect to the ACC, the blatant disrespect to the Knowles, um, to leave them out, the first ever BCS era, you know, college football playoff era, um, it, it's, it was a travesty. And, and it upset me, quite frankly. I know I'm smiling, but there's there's uh, anger behind yeah. <laughs> it. It's like I'm right now. Um, and to me, the, the biggest thing that I am angry about, you know, obviously I didn't go to Florida State. It's much more personal for EJ. And I really encourage you to go back, uh, our, our viewers and listeners here, and, and watch that show. But also on social media, there's a great clip uh, where EJ really pours it out uh, to have it from a null perspective um, and someone that covers this sport. 
But the the thing that hurts me the most is it, it feels like the integrity of college football has been soiled. It feels like the integrity has been tarnished because you look at the teams that were placed in and it, it has a very heavy agenda-based feel to me. It has uh, a, a thing, KG, where there's very clear criteria of what the committee is supposed to look at. Head-to-head, conference champions, wins and losses, all these different things. And what they have blatantly said, what they have very clearly said for 10 years is that eye test does not matter. Eye test was not a part. If you won by 60 or you won by three, that wasn't in consideration to this process. And that was a lie. And it was a lie year one when TCU went from Mm. three to six or whatever they went to, three to four, five, uh, and were left out of the college football playoff. Um, and it was, it's a lie now when, when a Seminole team is undefeated, wins their college, you know, you know, championship there, their ACC championship and is left out for two teams that have losses on their record. Um, and to me, it's, it's also one of those things where they did everything that they could, they, they controlled everything that they could, they busted their tail. Um, and now they are not afforded the opportunity to play for a national championship and, I've heard a couple of people say this, but the, the 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 playoff right now and what it really has been is an invitational. It's not something mm-hmm. that's earned. You're given it, you know. And and if they think you're up for the task, if that committee, uh, who I, again I, I think just totally devalued this game, uh, so congrats to that. Um, if they think you're good enough, and uh, you know Vegas, whoever, whatever, isn't right all the time. And so for a group of people to sit in a room and predict future outcomes and say. Mm, this little team, because they don't have this player, they're not good enough. Not based off fact, not based off when you look at strength of record, not based off when you look at any other type of measurable. And that to me is is painful and it, it hurts. And I feel horrible for those players and for the, that coaching staff. And quite frankly, I, I can't imagine myself in that situation where literally, because I, I did this, right? Like I, I got to this point. And luckily enough, we were deemed worthy to go in. I couldn't imagine that situation ripped away from us when we accomplished everything that you told us we had to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Mac, it's well said. And I watched y'all's show uh, tonight, Sunday night, and it was was great. So go rewatch it. You can watch it on Watch ESPN or whatever. And then, of course, I saw that that big clip on social media. I have so many thoughts on this. Mac, um, let me just read you. This is from the College Football Playoff website of what the CFP's goal is. The college football playoff is a postseason event to determine college football's national champion on the field. While emphasizing the significance of college football's unique regular season where every game counts. That is literally from their website. And if every game counts and you go 13 and 0 and you win your conference title and you're in a P5, heck, Cincinnati did it in a group of 5 and they got in. So, I mean, this is just ridiculous. And what I what I really like from y'all's show EJ, when he, because again, you're right, this is so personal for him and it should be. He used the word deserve, right? This is not what these players deserve. And I 100% agree. However, the sad state of where we are in college athletics is that the word deserve doesn't matter anymore. I don't think. Mm -hmm. So for example, did Florida State deserve to be in the playoff because they won all their games? Yes. But they said, "Eh, who cares? We want better matchups. We want to try to predict the future because we know what this is going to look like. We want these bigger brands, even though Florida State's a huge brand. Student-athletes don't deserve a better student experience than traveling 3,000 miles to play conference games. 
but they don't get that anymore. Teams deserve right. even playing fields where one conference doesn't get 70 million, other conference gets 40 million, but that doesn't matter. Conferences deserve equal treatment. You don't get that anymore. So really the big bad boogeyman here is the money in the end. And the money has sure. taken over. The the equality and the, you know, student athletes deserve this and deserve that. Yeah. Doesn't exist anymore. And it's it's really sad. It it's especially as a female athlete, and I know this doesn't some people might say, well, what does it relate to that? It 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 all trickles down to that. And right. we're seeing some of these power players, mainly the SEC and the Big Ten, try to take over the sport and turn the sport into what they want it to be. I they've turned it into, you know, this is now politics. These are, this is now a, a Fortune 500 company. And that's not what this is supposed to be. And in the NMAC, I feel like what they're trying to say is, you know, ACC, Pac-12 is now dead. They killed it. Big 12, you guys don't matter. And will the fans embrace that? Or will they get tired of seeing the same old teams every single year? Because guess what? They say the Big 10 and SEC matter. You know who's never making a playoff? Even a 12-team playoff. Purdue. You're not making it. You know who's never making a 12-team playoff? Vanderbilt, obviously. There are so many, and you know, the list goes on and on. Like, you're, you're selling your soul to be in these super leagues, but you're never really going to do anything. So what's the point of all this, Mac? What's the point? Yeah. yeah. I agree with you, KG. And, again, it's, it's disheartening. It, it's, it stinks. And, uh you know, I think another piece of it is is when that committee sat in that room uh, and the decision makers, if there's any others, whatever, that, that are doing this and, and coming up with this top four, honestly, I, I believe that they sat and looked there and said, who's the weakest link of these teams? Who, who can we leave out? And there are zero ramifications. And that was the ACC. Or there's an excuse, and, which is they use right. the Jordan Travis thing as sure. an excuse where sure. they could tell people, well, you know, we apparently have this bylaw now where if a player's injured, we can leave them out. They had an excuse to do that. And so they took it. It's the easiest road. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, again, football is, is number one, played on the field. Uh, and number two, there's a lot of other positions. There's a lot of other, you know, points of emphasis than just the quarterback. And, and so for that great defense, for this unbelievable team, uh, to a point where their starting quarterback tweets, I wish I would have broken my leg. That broke early. my heart, Mac. That that's that's your legacy on this committee. That's what you'll always be remembered for. Um, yeah. And it's shameful. It really is. So, KG, it, it, it's it's ridiculous. Again, you put up whatever metrics you want. Um, you show the different things. Everybody want everybody wants to point out and, and say, "Well, look at what these guys did against Florida." Man, they struggled. Look what they did against you know Louisville uh, in the ACC championship game. But they don't want to talk about it took a literal prayer yeah. in Jordan Hare Stadium to win that game against a horrible. No one's bringing that up. <laughs> nobody's bringing it up against a team that got absolutely blasted by New Mexico State yep. the week before. Nobody makes it. If the if the ACC does that, that's on every major thing. Making fun of, pointing at, look at this, this is unbelievable. Nobody brought it up. Doesn't bring up Washington almost losing to Washington State. It doesn't bring up. The fact that Texas was in such a slump to end the season, and then they have this burst because they played Texas Tech. I wish we played Texas Tech. That'd be great. That'd be amazing. Uh, and, and it's just – it's pitiful. Michigan, uh, 213 total yards in their Big Ten championship game. Oh, did their starting quarterback not play? Were they on their third no. string quarterback? Hmm. Was it raining and they couldn't do the ball or something? Was it slippery? 
Oh, it was inside. Okay, interesting. But yeah, yet the ACC faces all of that. Florida State faces all that. And to me, it's 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 going to be fascinating what happens because of yeah. this. Because there is going to be a ripple that is sent throughout college athletics. There's going to be a ripple that's sent throughout college football, and and quite honestly, in the ACC, that's at the middle of it. Um, you got to do some standing up for yourself. Uh, when 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 we in the media that are on your team ask you questions to defend, it's no longer our play will talk for itself because that yeah. doesn't work. It's not good enough. You have to be a politician. Yes. You have to fight yes. the good fight like all these other coaches did that are now playing in the college football playoff and commissioners. That That's mm-hmm. across the board. Mm-hmm. You have to fight for your league, everybody involved. Yeah, apparently so. Apparently you have to be a politician and you have to go on on TV and, and maybe even I would use the word propaganda, say your league's better than everyone else, but you don't really use any facts. I guess you just use the past saying the SEC's won a bunch of titles, but you know, this is the future. This is now. And speaking of the future, that's the other part of this that bothers me, Mac, is that's what the committee tried to do. They tried to predict the future. Like Vegas does this every, every week. And sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong. Vegas had Oregon as a nine and a half point favorite over Washington. Oregon didn't exactly. win. Vegas had Georgia. And everybody wanted over Oregon. Yeah. So who's to say? I mean, that's what we love about college football is anything can happen. Exactly. Auburn should have beaten Bama. <laughs> and by the way, yeah. the other part of this is that Auburn could have literally just solved all of this if they could have kept Bama out of the end zone on fourth and goal from the 31, but whatever. But it's not the committee's job to try to predict the future. It's not. And that's what you just did. You said, well, this matchup's going to be better than this. Michigan sucks on offense. Like, I think Michigan-Florida State, with Florida State having a backup quarterback and maybe not as explosive as they've been, would have been a good game. Now, Bama-Michigan, I'm like, unless, you know, Michigan, you know Nick Saban's not letting any of his signs get stolen. So, we'll see what happens there. But By the way, the the Michigan room reacted when they got Alabama. That game's That was funny. I mean, those guys are House. That was funny. It's a wrap. That was really funny. Mac, I wanted to bring up just how unprecedented this was. And I, I looked this up. The most spots that any team had ever jumped from championship week to the final poll was three. And that was Georgia in 2017 from six to three. Okay. And I think everyone thought Georgia deserved that, you know, back in 2017. This year, two different teams jumped four spots. So if one team had jumped four, Texas, that would have already been unprecedented. They jumped from seven to three. But two different teams jumped four. I'm convinced that this committee realized that next year we're going to 12. You don't have to answer for this. Like, it's over. You're going to have great ratings. And, you know, you're going to, who knows, maybe Bama, Michigan will be a better game than FSU, Michigan. But that's not your job. That's not your yeah. job. Yeah. And the the other thing to me is, like it's, I've already thought this, but this really does kind of confirm it. Um, you know, this entire off season, right? We're dealing with so much realignment and people. You know, this money grabs yeah. left and right that are happening that you just dove into. College football just needs to separate. College football just needs to become the mini NFL. That's what all these people want that are spending this money sure. and this money. Uh, that's how you get the best product possible. Let's stop messing around with these schools like all those ones you just mentioned that have zero shot. Let's take the superpowers, move them over, make a mini NFL, have one big division, and let's have automatic rights. If you win X amount of games, you win whatever games in your division, you're in. It's not about people voting you. It's not about how people think or want or whatever, get agenda covered. Because I think about like the NFL, 
if the Chiefs have the number one seed and Patrick Mahomes gets hurt and is unavailable, right? In the playoffs, they're not saying, "Oh, well, they're not the number one seed anymore." They're the number. It's is what the it Eagles is. Eagles won the That's Super Bowl the with their backup quarterback. That so, literally just happened. All these things said, if if you just want to do it, just do it. It's it's right. not going to be hard to make it happen. It's the, all the money people and power people in the same room. Just do it. Let, let's just get to that point. One big conference. We can even make you know our guy Greg Sankey the czar. Make it happen because he's the most powerful dude in the room, and uh, you know obviously loves college football. So, KG, to wrap it all up, it's an absolute shame. My heart hurts. I like I'm physically when I saw that my stomach hurt for those players. Everything that they worked for, uh, because you and I know how how much goes into this. Yeah. You and I know how much goes in to winning, to playing, to preparing, and it's. It's at just such a different level now, you know, from a business side, and and it does. It breaks my heart for Florida State, and it's a shame. And uh, you know, the only thing to do now is to go beat Georgia yeah. in the Orange Bowl and prove everybody wrong and claim a national title. I wouldn't blame you at all. Do it, do it. And Mac, yes, I played basketball, so I get that. But football to me is different because you are risking your body at a different level. <laughs> and so every Florida State player went out there every week and risked their body. Georgia Tech. I mean, Georgia Tech, sorry. Jordan Travis completely risked his body, broke his leg. And I'm not saying it's for nothing. You win a conference title and, you know, you have an incredible season, but you don't get to accomplish your final goal. So why are these guys going out there risking everything? It's crazy. Let's just, you know, preseason, say who you want as a committee and as some national people and just play a natty right there. Just get it done. Exactly. And whatever you... Whatever suits, you know, your narratives, whatever gives you the best ratings, just go with that. That that seems fine. Mac, do you want to talk about the game for a second? Yeah, okay. that'd be fun. It was fun game. Cool Florida game. State beats Louisville 16 to 6. And okay, I, I lied. Before we go into the game, do you think, and again, neither of us trust this committee at all. So who knows what the heck they were gonna do? Maybe they had their mind made up before Florida State even played. But if Florida State wins 50 to 6. Are they in? Probably, which is, again, just disgusting because it goes against everything that they've ever said with what they look at, what they don't look at, Um, because we've asked many a times about style points. Do teams have to get style points? No, you know, just have to win and this and that and that. And it's it's just a joke. So just beat everybody by 50. Hey, you got X opponent in there. Don't get don't build depth. Don't give other walk ons and people opportunity. Keep scoring. Keep embarrassing them. Get sportsmanship out of it. We do this, you know, all these sportsmanship weeks and shake hands across the field. Get all, get rid of all yeah. of it. No one cares. It doesn't help you uh, win championships, which obviously this committee proved. So it, it's annoying, KG. I can't stand it. Um, but you know what I can stand? My friends over at Ingles. So can we give a message from them really quick before we talk about this game? Because I love those guys. And thinking about that just made me a little more happy. At Ingalls, we know your closest companions are the ones who are always there for you. The ones you trust to have your back, no matter what. Who make the hard times a little softer. And the good ones, somehow, a little better. That's what family is all about. Whether they walk on two legs or four. Ingalls, all the ingredients for family. All right, Mac, let's talk about the game, as we promised. <laughs> Florida State wins 16-6. to You brought up the weather. I, I wasn't there. What, how was the weather, and how do you think it impacted these offenses? Let's start there. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think it was nasty in spurts. It wasn't like a, a, a torrential downpour, you know, not like the the game yeah. I played against Notre Dame or yeah. anything like that. Uh, but certainly like wet ball, like slick and and things of that nature. I think more so the, the cause of, you know, the low scoring affair was obviously you have a third string quarterback, which by the way, we asked Jared Verse, when did you know who was starting? He said that day, like going into the game, like in, on in warmups, that's where they found out who was going to be the starter. Uh, and, and so that, to me, just – it's hard to do that. Yeah. It, it's hard to, to prepare one way the entire week and then have to go another way. Um, a true freshman, third-string guy happened to get the nod. Um, but besides all that, we were watching two elite defenses. We were watching two defenses that all year long were absolutely killing people. Uh, and they met, you know, as Titans on the battlefield – and really kind of had their way in the first half. I mean, both sides. You, you look what, you know, Louisville, kind of their big highlight, obviously against, uh, you know, Notre Dame, the things that they did in that game just absolutely embarrassed those guys. And for the most part, all season long, Florida State had had, had these, you know, second halves that were just crippling. Um, a Louisville team that was given up like 75 yards rushing, uh, you know, per game and, and was the best in the entire conference. Um, loaded with talent on both sides all over the field. So to me, KG, that that was the bigger factor of, of why it was such a low-scoring affair. I, I, again, weather, I think a small piece of it, um, but certainly those defenses were just playing out of their mind. And I think it was obvious that Brock Glenn was a true freshman. And, you know, there was a lot coming at him, especially to your point, playing a really good defense. Also, there were some drops that didn't help him. Keon Coleman had a couple of big drops, Johnny Wilson as well. I truly, and I'm not sure I've heard someone say this, and if they, if you've heard it, Mac, please tell me. But I think if if Tate Rodemaker is healthy and he has that whole week to prepare, this game looks a lot different. Because the the one time we've really seen him play in a game of consequence was the game at Louisville last year when he had to come in. He was six for ten for 109, two touchdowns and a pick. So he can throw the ball. And I just, again, the what ifs just keep piling up, but. If he was actually able to prepare and be the be the guy all week and get ready with those wide receivers in that run game, Florida State might have won 35 to 6. And then, you know, what happens there? But of course, that's not life is life, and that's what happens. But I thought Toa Feely was really, really good for Florida State. He made big plays. And then, of course, the big game-changing moment was when Florida State had the block punt. You think Louisville's gonna score, and then Florida State gets the big stop. That that FSU defense looked incredible and I would put them up against anybody in the country. That's for sure. And that, that's, that's part of the sad thing is that committee looked them dead in their eye and said, Hey, Florida state defense, you're not, or you don't enough. matter. You're you don't matter enough. enough. You don't matter. And, and it's bizarre to me because those guys played at such a high level. And uh, you know, two things there that, that sparked my kind of interest that you brought up KG was that block punt. Um, it, it's, it obviously was a bad play because of what happened, but it was also a great play because if that young man tries to kick it, it's yeah, getting it blocked smart. and it's going to be a touchdown. And that's going to be all kinds of momentum, all kinds of juice flowing for Louisville. And instead, he just kind of tried to get what he could. Uh, and then a massive play by the defense. And then, uh, you know, I have to give so much credit to Braden Fisk. Mm. I mean, that dude led the team in tackles this game, most sacks, which he had three, and had like four and a half or three and a half, whatever four it was, tackles for loss. And led the team. I mean, that is a freaky thing to do at a three-technique nose guard position. I mean, that is bonkers. And he was playing like a man possessed. And you saw it very early because Louisville was trying to do kind of – I think it was like a counter or stretch, whatever it was. And he just did this double-hand slap, 
got the guys off him and blew the play up. And I was just like, whoa. Like, that was violent. That was, you know, just unbelievable to see. And then he just kept doing it all game long, making these crazy stops. Jared Verse, I mean, on a two-game stretch where he is playing out of his mind, he again tackled the quarterback with the offensive lineman's butt. I mean, that was crazy. He just jacked that dude up and straight in, uh, you know, to to Plummer there and and just absolutely knocked him out. So, you know, it it was a great performance by those guys. Um, And then I I believe it's uh, Green, the, the defensive back for Florida State, was just locked down. I mean, that dude was ripping the ball out, knocking it down, seatbelt all all game long. So big kudos to them. It just felt like Jack Plummer was off. I mean, he was yeah. missing guys. Guys were dropping passes. The, the Louisville offense that we saw all season be relatively consistent uh, just had their worst game and you know couldn't get anything going. Um, again, passing it, running it. They had a couple of burst plays, you know, which they are known for. Uh, but nothing like what we had seen from them. All yeah, year. and and maybe that hurt Florida State too. That Louisville just didn't look very good, and so you know, a viewer might think, well, Louisville's offense isn't very good. It's not all on Florida State's defense, and then of course people just run with whatever. Honestly, whatever you want, just do whatever you want. Just say it. Make up whatever you want. Yeah. That's what I've learned from this. Well, congrats to Florida State on the ACC title, and I do want to add, Eric McLean. Do you remember? In August, when I said, Mac, I think I'm going to pick FSU to win the league. And you were like, good luck. Go ahead if you want. And I was like, should I? And then I got to second guessing and all this stuff. And I was so mad at myself. So I should have stuck with the Knowles. My apologies, Knowles. But, Mac, I know you did pick Jordan Travis as your preseason ACC player of the year. So well done on that one. We got part of it. We got a part of it. You shouldn't have let me peer pressure you I'm in. So I'm sorry for Normally doing. I don't. Normally I don't. But it was just – Pick your guns. Man, that game, the fact the game was you in Clemson. To able to walk around I understand. You just wanted to walk around town. I get it. That's a tough thing to have to deal with. I just wanted to not um, be harassed by our fellow right. lovely <laughs> Clemson people. <laughs> <laughs> but you got you, you know, you gotta go with your guns there. Um and like you said, I mean, just overall fun season for the ACC. Um great season, brutal, I thought. The, the Mac, I, I mean, yeah. Overall it your record against the SEC, some of those big non-conference games, some of the games were just – you had a lot of great games. I think it, it probably would have helped Florida State, even though they, they did not play UNC and they didn't play NC State because of the scheduling right. ish, uh, quirks or whatever. Maybe that helps them. I think it helps Florida State in general if Clemson doesn't have a down year, even if they you know they sure. still beat them. And then it helps if UNC doesn't collapse because those are your big brands. And apparently all college football cares about is brands. Um, that's all that matters, Mac. But I think those things that are completely outside of FSU's control from an ACC perspective probably would have helped them. Yeah, I mean, I agree, too. And obviously, you know, not being the, uh, you know, kind of Super Bowl quality of game that we thought it was going to be in the ACC championship, you know, having the potential of, of two top right. Louisville teams. Right, Louisville losing to Kentucky Louisville did not help. <laughs> right, uh, which just stinks. And, you know, not having that momentum going into that game, but – here we are, postseason. Got 11 teams bowling, most in the Power Five. Uh, you know, a huge percentage of these teams, um, you know, excited to see what what FSU can do against mm-hmm. Georgia. Um, you know, obviously, I think that's a stand-on-your-business type game. And, and you know, to beat the the defending back-to-back national champions is, is an unbelievable opportunity. Um, and there's, there's a little bit of juice there for the ACC as they play the conference champion this game. Uh, Georgia does. And then they open with Clemson yeah. next year in kind of week one there in Atlanta. 
so a, a great opportunity for Clemson or, or for the ACC or a very humbling moment for your boy. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what kind of happens there. I'm excited to see NC State potentially get a 10th win, which I kind of think they, they will. You know, hopefully everyone plays, everyone's healthy. Um, you know, Kansas State's quarterback, who's fantastic, is already gone, jumped in the portal. Uh, so he is out of there. So you feel good about their chances. Um, do we see Drake May playing the Duke's Mayo game? It's a good question. Um, you know, in Charlotte, kind of homecoming, or it, you know, is he going to be done? Louisville playing a massive brand with USC out in California, uh, Kentucky and Clemson squaring off down in Tampa. Uh, it feels like it feels like the Clemson of old for real because uh, I, I remember I think two years in a row Clemson played Kentucky in like the Music City yeah. Bowl. I mean, yeah. it's just. Ugh gross uh to, to see that um but a couple other really impactful games you know on this list that we're, we're gonna get to see I, when i think of you know georgia tech and virginia tech how much momentum they have and how vital these kind of you know next 15 days or these extra 15 days are going to be for them and the momentum that they can kind of grab kg so i'm excited for this bowl season we're going to do another uh you know massive shows a couple probably uh breaking all these games down we'll have great guests and get some fun perspective um, but that, that's kind of a bow on the, the regular season for the ACC, and it's, uh, you know, unfortunately a little bit of a, a sour Mac, taste. You, uh you missed the most exciting bowl game of all. We are going to see an ACC game in a bowl game. Boston College and oh, SMU. Yeah, SMU. <laughs> and SMU out here should have been in the New Year's Six, by the way, if we want to get into all that. They're an ACC team. They're an ACC team, so they said, but, uh, uh, no, the The reasoning for putting Liberty in there was, well, they've won all their games. And they didn't play any Power 5 teams, so that's important. But they've won all their games, Mac, so that's all that matters. It only matters. we got to go. Before Mac and I say anything that could really jeopardize anything. Get a phone call or an email. Yeah, we got to <laughs> go. But uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. And Mac, take us out, man. Come on. We appreciate you guys so much. Jump over to YouTube. Jump on this train with us. Uh, so much fun. You can see how sad and upset I am. If you watch this episode uh, over on YouTube, we need you guys to subscribe, leave some comments. I'm sure there's going to be a lot in this one. We need to hear Old from fans. you, those fans. Why you? Uh, we'll jump in there with you because we got your back, mm -hmm. no question. Um, and of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe there as well. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you.